0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has landed in Israel, where he's expected to push for more humanitarian aid for Gaza. It follows the visit by US President Joe Biden to the region yesterday. Uh, joining me now to talk about all of this is strategist and co host of the Rest Is Politics podcast with Roy Stewart, Alistair Campbell. Alistair, good morning. Hi, Pat. Now, why is Rishi Sunak uh, going to Israel?
1: Well what's happening in the middle east is uh is a catastrophe on so many levels, and I think all of the major leaders of the world should be taking a very very close interest uh Jan- Chancellor Schultz was there recently we had Joe Biden there yesterday, probably most significant of all of them and i'm I'm guessing that Rishi sunak is doing trying to do two things one is to show unequivocal support for, for Israel in terms of uh, the what Israel Israeli people are feeling right now in the wake of the attacks on October the 7th. Uh, and also, I hope, trying to at least keep the Israelis focused on the need for eventually some sort of return to a political process, but also, uh, I guess, get briefed on exactly what the Israelis are planning in terms of in terms of uh, what looks like a, a coming uh, ground force invasion. So, I, you know, I, I, I think it's right that he should go and uh, we'll we'll see what comes out of it.
0: And there are also uh, Britons who are missing, uh, and that is a concern.
1: Of course, and, you know, he said in the House of Commons yesterday that Britain does what it can to liaise with all the others to try to get hostages out. But, you know, as he will know better than anybody, as well as anybody, it's... Uh, it's an incredibly difficult situation. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do, but I think is you know in times like these there is there is actually at the diplomatic level no substitute for face to face engagement, and uh, I think that the the world is I think coming to terms with the fact that what happened last week in a, a long litany of of really significant historic events there was that what happened when when Hamas attacked Israel was was right up there. And the decisions that, that leaders and statesmen and women are making right now are going to affect things for for years and decades to come. And I I, I I took in a great deal of hope out of Joe Biden's visit yesterday. I think it was the right thing to do for him to go. I think what came out of it in terms of both the tone and also the extra, the, 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 the attempts that the Americans are making to get humanitarian help into Gaza uh, I think it's important that world leaders do stay focused on this.
0: Yeah, It's hard to see what difference 20 trucks will make, although the Israelis are saying they don't want anything to fall into the wrong hands. And if the first 20 trucks get into the right hands, perhaps uh, the hundreds of trucks that are waiting uh, at the crossing from Egypt uh, will then be allowed to to proceed. But it does seem like a fairly tokenistic amount of aid at this point
1: well it is when you when you match it against the the scale of what's required inside uh inside a place where you know water is running out and medicines will run out and light and heat will run out it's it's horrific what's happening there it's absolutely horrific um but you know what what i think we should do is is commend those on the ground who are trying to get that in there and keep the political pressure on to at least to recognise that that has to be part of the calculation even for those who are engaged in, in military conflict.
0: Um, they're going to allow food, water and medical aid in but not yet uh, fuel and of course fuel is needed for generators in hospitals as well as uh, more generally food is, uh, fuel is needed to uh, power the desalination plants that would allow them to produce some of their own water.
1: Correct. And, and, and all these are issues that will hopefully get uh you know it's impossible to say we you mentioned the podcast we interviewed Yuval Noah Harari the other day the Israeli writer and he's a he's a liberal he's very progressive he absolutely hates Benjamin Netanyahu the prime minister but he was making the point that right now there is so much kind of raw pain on both sides that there's it's very, very difficult to see some of this stuff that we, you sitting in Dublin, me sitting here in London, we can think, well, that should be easy to work out how they do that. It's not easy to work out how to do that when there is that kind of absolutely raw pain on both sides. And it's in those moments that you do need outside interlocutors who will will try to break down the barriers and will try to get some of these things in. But the logistics um, uh, of doing all this, whilst you've got, Hundreds of thousands of people on the move whilst you 've got uh, rockets and bombs landing uh, is not easy, and I think we should we should we should understand and appreciate that
0: now when uh, you dropped your last uh, podcast, it was before uh, the explosion at the hospital in Gaza city, uh, and i 'm sure you 've been reflecting on that uh, but it 's the politics now of the crater that are coming into play, uh, the Israelis determined to show that it could not have been them using all sorts of uh, technology and intercepts and all the rest. But you're wondering, does it make any difference? Because in the Arab world, they kind of say, well, the Israelis would say that, wouldn't they?
1: But this is one of the problems that we, that we have. And I mean, this isn't a new problem, but it's been exacerbated, I think, by the... the kind of polarizing effect both of the way that politics is developed but also by social media i i say on the podcast this week i honestly recommend to people that when they're scrolling through social media at the moment uh i i i now have a default mechanism that says if i see a video if i see a grand a dramatic claim my instinct is initially not to believe in. And that's not a good place to be, and it's it's, there's a danger that that sort of lends itself to cynicism. But there is so much fake stuff on there. And, look, I can remember during the Kosovo uh, conflict back in 1999, there was a, you you will remember this, perhaps the most difficult period stemmed from uh, i don 't know if you remember, but NATO accidentally bombed a convoy of refugees, mm-hmm. and people were saying different things and milosevic the the Serbs were obviously using it for propaganda purposes straight away and the It is so easy to get drawn into these places where you say the first thing that comes into your head or you say the first thing that you want to believe, and what at least back then. There was, you know, people that most journalists would, would take a little bit of time. Now I think what happens is that, and this isn't just a, a question for journalists, but members of the public who are on social media. Uh, I mean, I, I, as soon as I heard the news the other night, uh, I said to my partner, Fiona, I said, mm, and she said, this is terrible. So well, yeah, you can't, you know, we don't, you, you can't rule out either that this would have been an accident, you can't rule out that it would have been some sort of act of internal sabotage, and of course you can't rule out that it might have been, you know, the Israelis. But the truth is we didn't know. But before, (laughs) you know, literally as I was saying that, You could look at social media and you had the people who wanted to believe it was the Israelis saying it was the Israelis. You had the people who wanted to believe that it was the the Palestinians saying it was the Palestinians. You had the conspiracy theories going straight away. You had the videos coming up from 5, 10, 15 years ago saying this is what's happening. So I think people should be just very, very cautious. Um, But, you know, it was as a direct result of that of that incident of course that you then saw trouble on the streets it's as a direct result of that that you had people that joe biden was meant to be visiting cancelling meetings that's how volatile this stuff can get very very quickly and of course people exploit that so i think we all of us just need to try and be very very careful about how we conduct the debate around this
0: The initial reaction to the attack by Hamas on uh, the music festival and uh, on the kibbutzim around uh, the area of the border with Gaza, um, it outraged the world. Uh, And some of the accounts may have been uh, literally correct and some of them may have been exaggerated, but certainly uh, the world was on Israel's side. Um, And you're wondering, then suddenly you have what looks like initially an atrocity by the Israelis bombing a hospital and suddenly the world is swinging slightly the other way it is pretty awful that you know human lives are used maybe advertently or inadvertently to promote these political
1: causes you're absolutely right and 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 the, the you know on on the podcast we, we've we've done I mentioned the interview with Yuval Noah Harari, we've also talked to the Palestinian ambassador at length and, and tried to give him the space to explain things from the Palestinian perspective. Um, and what was interesting in talking to both, both of them had had members of their family, in the Palestinian ambassador's case, killed um, in recent days as a result of what's been happening since Hamas launched the, the assault uh, a week ago last Saturday. Now, I think having those human stories at least gives people an understanding that we do have to think of them as human beings. We have to think of, when I said hundreds of thousands of people on the move, I think it's important that we we don't lose sight of what that means. It's hundreds of thousands of people on the move, leaving their homes, scared often leaving other people behind who perhaps didn't want to leave or couldn't leave, whatever it might be. These are human stories, and if we lose sight of that and just focus on the politics and on the military side of things, I think we make in, you know we, we make things worse. And I think it's just very important. This has always happened in military conflicts, and you know I worked for a government that was involved in, in several, and the, 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 the fact is that propaganda on both sides – becomes a part of what's going on you're trying to win public opinion battles i mentioned kosovo it was you know that in the end there was no way that nato militarily could lose to serbia okay it was very one-sided militarily but on the public relations side on the propaganda side it was not as straightforward and but in but particularly today with the media age with people sort of constantly looking at their phones and scrolling through social media, it is a part of what is a part of the battle, if you like. You have to win those arguments in the court of public opinion around the world. And, you know, I think you're right that this, this thing um, that in terms of how the world feels about things, of course that changes, but we shouldn't kid ourselves that the world is anything other in the, at the moment than pretty disunited in lots of different ways. You know, one of the big events this week um, was uh, Xi Jinping, the ruler of China, meeting with Vladimir Putin and rolling out the red carpet for him. Um, And the two of them basically kind of effectively sitting this one out in terms of, you know, they're watching Joe Biden go there. Um, But, you know, Putin, I watched his briefing last night. He had a pretty big smirk on his face.
0: Um, the the idea that this could be a watershed in the affairs of the Palestinian people and Israel, uh, Rishi Sunak suggested as much in the House of Commons, a watershed moment. But I'm wondering uh, how quickly people forget. I, I, I would remember, as you would, the bombing in Enniskillen at the Cenotaph, people at prayer in 1987 uh, by the provisional IRA. And there was a feeling this can never be allowed to happen again. But of course, the bombing went on. The killing went on by all sides for the best part of the next decade.
1: Yeah, um, and, and yeah, I think, I think in the Middle East context, I think there is, you know, if people are looking for hope, this is something we discussed with the Palestinian ambassador. I think at least there, there are lessons of hope that you can take out of what happened in, in the Northern Ireland uh, context. But you're absolutely right, and one of the reasons we're in this mess is actually because the international community, uh, I've been very praiseworthy of of Joe Biden for what he's been uh, doing in recent days, but the truth is that America and others took their eye off the ball on this one. Jake Sullivan, the um, national security advisor in the United States, he recently said that he'd never known a time when the the Middle East felt so kind of stable. Uh, Now, he did add anything can happen, but that was literally just a few weeks ago he said that. And now here we are. And so you're absolutely right. People can. I I think you've got to be careful not just to say what you want to be the case. And I think these days in international diplomacy, we do tend to just move on. And the worst thing that's happening in relation to this, one, is that the eye is possibly now being taken off the Ukraine situation. And meanwhile, there are all sorts of other major crises going on in the world which are really going to get struggle mm-hmm. to get the kind of attention that they should. We've just had a couple of massive earthquakes in Afghanistan. You've had these coups across the Sahel in Africa, which, uh, you know, the consequences of those are going to play out for some time. And, you know, we're, we're going through one of those periods in history when there are massive a whole series of connected and interconnected crises going on. And it almost seems at times as we only have the capacity to focus on one at any given time. And, um, you know,
0: sometimes, though, there are little gleams of light. And you adverted to one of them in your podcast the other night uh, when I was listening to it about Donald Tusk and what is happening in Poland uh, to turn back the tide of the right wing there. So some some glimmers.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that that was, uh, you know, I, I think if there was a real fear in Poland that if the PIS, the governing right-wing populist party, had, had got back for another term where they could carry on undermining the sort of constitutional and democratic institutions that hold power to account, that, that they would have been heading towards a kind of one-party state. And Donald Tusk, despite massive, massive obstacles put in his way, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't win in that he wasn't the biggest party. But he's able. It looks like he's able to put together the coalition which will form the the next government. Um, so hopefully that is a kind of you know a little shining light in an otherwise pretty pretty dark space right now.
0: Alistair Campbell, consultant strategist, mental health campaigner, and co-host of the Rest Is Politics podcast with Rory Stewart. Thank you very much, Alistair, for joining us on the program.
1: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News
0: Talk.